So Scotty, it's always good to know that you 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 do still love me, just because the the Brits are unwilling to synchronize their holidays with our holidays. That I kind of thought that you just disappeared, and it's not the case. I mean, you did. No, John, it's 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 just the fact that you're late. How am I? Uh, in fact, it just reminds me, you know, late as in um, uh, from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, late as in the late John. Fox. Oh no! <laughs> you're wishing me to be no longer of this earth. Uh, I wouldn't go that far, yeah, John. But but close. No. <laughs> Debilitating illness, maybe, or like a you know a car crash. Oh, okay, so what's um, what's important? Apple developer news have we totally failed to recognise or see this week? Was there some? Oh, shoot. No, I don't think there was. I'm just checking. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought that was a trick question. <laughs> yes. They announced Swift 7 or something. <laughs> Objective yeah. Swift. Yes. It's a, it's a. So how has your week been? What have you been up to? What have I been up to? Uh, writing documentation. Uh, I, I, Ooh, I, now I, that's, that's, that's a phrase that uh, makes most developers cringe a little bit. Well... Yeah, it doesn't have to be bad. I mean, there's there's different types of things. I mean, one is kind of documenting your code and, and kind of explaining why you do things and, and even little stupid tricks. I mean, sometimes it's it's nice to remember the basics. I mean, here, here's a little hint, you know, uh, sometimes for code readability, instead of putting the value, you might, you know, do a little bit of math to show how you did it. So like, for instance, calculating an aspect ratio. So you could you know, do the math of nine divided by 16 for you, or you could leave it in the code with a little comment saying, this is set up for this aspect ratio. And then it gives a clue to the next person that if they need to change it for another aspect ratio, they can. And so I thought I was being all smart and clever. And then it, it didn't work because I forgot to add the, you know, to, to, to make the compiler understand that, that even though I said nine divided by 16, what I really meant was floating point, you know, 9.0 or 9.0 F if you want to be even more, you know, kind of nice. Um, and uh, these little things matter because the results, you know, in this particular case, I was using that little bit of, of math to, you know, set a an auto layout constraint constant. Um, and of course, it, 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 because of the way that it had been set up originally, it was evaluating ultimately to zero, and then I would have a zero height thing. I was like, where did my view disappear? So this kind of explains why little... <laughs> you, you struggle with disappearing views, don't you? I do. I'm like, everything disappears out from under me. You know, your your love and support, my, my, my mom, you know, everything. So... Uh, you know, it was just a reminder that a little bit of commentary in the code goes a long way, but that's one thing. That's assuming people are able to read the code, find the right file of what they're supposed to read, because when you start building larger applications, you may not necessarily know, especially if you're doing lots of tests. So sometimes you have to write actual you know, documents um, where pictures are worth a, a, a thousand words and screen grabs and, and, and screen movies even more so, because I've, I've kind of just now uh, at the tail end of, of something that I, I've built and I've talked a little bit about kind of the some of the, the struggles I've had with the, with, with this class I, I, I've created. It's really it's, it's more than a class. It's a, kind of a whole system for doing something. And uh, documentation matters because it builds on stuff that already exists, extends it, you know, and, and is intended to be reused. So having to, to kind of give something 
that people can read and understand, you're, you're kind of then beginning to understand the, the challenge that the people who do Apple's documentation, which is pretty damn good, um, and certainly got a whole lot better over the last couple of years, you, you begin to appreciate that it is an art form no less kind of rigorous or no less expressive than, than writing code. It really is. Um, and so I kind of like to, to write something that, that people are willing to read and, and for whatever it's worth, I, I use humor. And, and, and or kind of more precisely absurdity like I had a document kind of you know tales my I remember sitting around the the campfire while my grandmother told me about how she did right to left you know interfaces in, during World War II <laughs> <laughs> and people <are> like what <laughs> but at least it kind of offsets them or kind of you know uh, uh, localization for fun and profit or you know anyway so I've rambled but uh, that's what I've been up to this week. No, it's uh, it's an important subject, isn't it? And it, and it's I think sometimes going. You know, there, there's a couple of schools of thought on there, but probably more than a couple. You know, you you document your code as you go along. Um, one issue with that is I regularly go and change the way something works through through, through refactoring, deciding the way I'm doing it. This is what I'm still working on a feature or whatever. And if you document as you go along, you have to then constantly change some of the documentation. Equally, I think you're not always sure, you know, how much documentation you need. You know, I hate it when you have a you know a method that's called divide by nine, and all the do and all the comments says is this method divides something by nine. Um, mm. You know, that is just a complete waste of time. Um, but often, when you're in the heart of the code, you're saying, yeah, that code. Everyone says code should be self-documenting. And you're in the heart of the code it is. But if you go back to that code a week later, it's not so, quite so self-documenting as you thought it was normally. It's, the, it's part of the problem. So um, I think maybe you know, coming back a day or two later to document code and then deciding what needs to be documented. Um, yeah, and then you know, do you just do... There, there's schools of thought, isn't there, between just like putting a nice bit of explanation on the top of a method or a top of a, a property, then some people like more... Well, I don't really need that. I'll just do lots of comments on each line of code to explain what each line is doing, um, as opposed to explaining the overall method of the algorithm. Um, and th there is no right or wrong way. I, I, I guess the, the the wrong way is most of us don't do enough um, mm. documentation of code. Um, and then most of us, when we try to be witchy in our comments, just probably annoy lots of people where they have to read them for the next six years or whatever. <laughs> there is a... Uh, I remember um, working on a project once where basically the only uh, the only comments another developer would put in was whether they felt that what they had written was a, a hack or not. Mm. So if there were no comments on the code at all, you knew that he thought it was really good code. Um, and then if the method had the word hack above it, <laughs> you knew he was less certain about it. And then the more plus symbols he put after the word hack, so you could get to hack plus 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 plus, <laughs> you you realise how much of a hack he thought he was doing. Um, and, and I guess, uh, yeah, that sounds really stupid, but actually when it comes down to sort of refactoring or tightening up code or whatever else, looking for the hack plus 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 pluses was always a good place to start. So it, it sounds a bit stupid. Uh, you could have done with more comments, but it actually turned out to be reasonably useful in a way of, uh, that, that, of cleaning that, up the code base is. later on. That is a good technique. I think it's worth, worth – that is a good one, especially when you consider kind of, you know, code can be very readable. I mean, I, I still remember and, and still, you know, enjoy reading Ethan now, kind of pimp my code, you know, Will Shipley's uh, document, you know, 
several blog posts about that. Um, and I think he taught lots of people you know, how to how to write something that is, is very clear and easy to follow. And and uh, and so if, if the code is really that good, then in a way it doesn't need a whole lot, especially if, if you really take care with how things are named. I mean, that's that's comments I, I tend to give as well, because because it's easy to, to make that comment on other person's code where, you know, you, you don't oftentimes i know this will come as an amazing surprise oftentimes you don't know what you're doing or don't know what you should to do or how to do it you know you're, you're working on a problem and you're 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 trying to react to somebody's you know wishes for for how something should work and and they may not be certain so you kind of figure out how can i make this thing flexible but not completely obtuse and so at some point when you do figure out where things are going to evolve i mean it, it, a good example is like you know you can use something generic like UI type or you could do something a lot more specific like aspect ratio as it concerns kind of what's really changing what what's what what the variable is um, and so it, it, it oftentimes when when you're not certain what's going to change or how it's going to change you just start with something that's meaningful to you but then when somebody else has to read it th then kind of a little bit of thought about what it's what it's named does really help and I, I, you know, here I will kind of sound a little bit grumpy, but I, I will still cling to the the um, verbosity of, of method names, where it, it it it's kind of clear, even even if you didn't see the void symbol or kind of you know you, you can say is it acting on something, is it returning something, um, and and arguments. I think that you know it, it, it is there's so much to be done. It's kind of basic, and there there are tons of resources. Maybe we should put some in in, in the show notes about that. But but kind of tried and true things that work and then i think no I let me just go in because i think objective c it's natural verbosity made the code readable i mean because mm. you because you just learned to filter out the arcane symbols and you know, and just right. and just read the text and i think um and i think in fairness to apple as well the the way they've uh, developed the um, headers for the way that Swift accesses Cocoa and everything that it's made. Um, you know the way the way you use uh, Swift in Cocoa or, uh, or Cocoa Touch a lot more readable over the, as as it iterates on, and that just encourages people to continue to write methods that way themselves. And so you know having a good initial method name that indicates an action or whatever, and then you know ensuring your parameter names are you know, flowing through to give a full description of what this method is going to do does make very readable code. It does. It absolutely does. And so what I was then going to say is that, you know, when you do that, then you can have code that doesn't require exhaustive documentation unless, unless you know, I, I, I picked up the habit of writing a class description. What the hell does this thing, why does this exist? Why is there just a couple of sentences about what problem you're trying to solve or or what it's supposed to do or how it's supposed to work. And then if you really have love for, for either future you or present other, uh, a theory of operation. That's something I picked up from kind of German software manuals. They always had that at the very beginning. Theory of operation, how shit's supposed to work. You know, and, and then then how you make it handle real world. Because if you think about that, software is nothing of, about other than a, a theoretical perfection that has to meet the real world, you know. Uh, and so in, in, in many cases, the theoretical perfection should be evident in the method names. But then when you look at the nitty gritty of it and people look at it and say, oh, my God, why are you doing all these, you know, extensive tests for, for nil versus null or, you know, empty string versus, you know, whatever. Um, and it, it, 
that's the kind of you document the exceptions and you document the vision and then i think that then then you're in pretty good shape okay so you mentioned something um during our conversation on documentation that i think is also a um it probably falls into a similar category to documentation for people i'm, I'm not sure if it's slightly higher slightly lower so i'm going to call it somewhere is how you actually organize your projects in the first place you know people have uh, i guess it might depend a little bit on you know what architecture you use do you do you strictly follow an mvp or are you move into an mvvm or you know a, a coordinators with mvp or mvvm or whatever mvc you will just stick some letters in there and it's about one of the right ones um but you know finding i find i i find i know you xcode has a lot of shortcuts to jump around um in the code so you can go to definition and all that sort of stuff and, and that's you know the more you learn of those the faster it is to move around um mm. a, a project and, and that is probably uh, that and fast find are probably the fastest way to do anything um however there are times especially when you're in a new project and you're trying to maybe take a higher level view of something rather than just trace a particular class or method forward where the way you actually lay out your project source code where you use groups or folders mm. um makes uh yeah makes the project easier to navigate um yeah again i'm i'm of the camp i don't think there is a right or a wrong wrong, wrong a wrong way um but consistency so basically mm. i think because you as you work with a project for a longer time you come to you come to expect something to be in certain places if people are consistent and it, it, as soon as someone breaks that consistency, it really just makes the world fall apart. Um, I mean, I don't know if you have any feelings on this. You know, I, I'm I'm totally undecided. Sometimes it's like, should all view controllers live together and all views live together in a views group? And should all coordinators live together? And should all my model live together? Or should this be broken down by, here's all the stuff I need for this feature and here's all the stuff mm. I need for this feature. Do you have any opinions on that at all? Or do you just like, a, hey, just chuck all the shit in there and see what happens? Now I, I tend to organize it by 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 major feature, and then within that the parts of it. So the, you know you, you may have something that's related to a a specific subsystem, and then within that you know a, a group for for these are the the models, these are the views, these are the the controllers, the coordinators, the you know, and then and then by the by hopefully as you start to share things then there are common folders which would be the same thing in other words this is shared stuff this is meant to be used by anyone and oftentimes i think the the, the sign of, of a mature and well-maintained code base is that you're constantly moving things out of a a, a feature specific subsystem you know subfolder and into a a, a common subfolder and so yeah so yeah so i guess the danger is if you write your code well you end up with one of these big shared or common folders and yeah. <laughs> and everything's just in there and that's then not very organized but um no no but i think within there i mean but the, but it does give some immediate clues like saying hey this is used in lots more different places i mean here's a, an example something that has to re, you know relate to, to displaying tags on a on a, in, a, in a view there are lots of different ways and places you can do it some may be tappable some may be multiple lines you know at some point that may be a feature that's developed for one part of the app but if it needs to be used in other ones it needs to be it then moves out of out of where it originally lived and goes in somewhere well that's a shared thing but then shared can have lots of different things shared code or a lot of times you know things like uh, uh, categories for example 
Uh, and so you may have, you know, shared, might have categories, stuff that extends Apple's code, for example, versus stuff that is entirely for us, where you might have, you know, here's a really nice button class that, that extends and, and does some clever things that are important to you. So I think it, it, it you have to be able to, to it, it, if the product has been shipping by, you know, for multiple years and, and, and is of a certain level of complexity, there's no way of getting around some type of, of, of grouping system. To me, it, it does intuitively make sense that it has to do with, with, with major features because if you're new to a project and say, hey, I need to modify the, you know, the, the load up spinning or the loading spinner or whatever, then, <laughs> you know, th then you, you have some idea about where it starts, you know, by, by, but because that, that's kind of a gross feature of the app, then within that, you know, you might want to, 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 to break it down a little bit more. So, you know, it, but but then on the other hand, a lot of times people will, will even take, you know, they'll run the app, assuming it compiles and runs. And then stuff I regularly do is I will just sit there and, and, and you know, do the view hierarchy because that shows you everything, right? Because then you could say, okay, well, which controller, which view is, is, is implicated here? And then you could at least search for that and that gives you some idea. So it, 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 I think that there again is there's there's theory and there's reality kind of if, if the theory is somebody starts a project and before they even just you know hit hit run they might just kind of look at an overview I mean you know look at the folder structure or the group structure and have some idea about where things are but when it comes time to actually running it then at some point they're probably going to use visual debugging tools or break in the debugger to see kind of where you are in the execution so I think that you just have to you have to always keep in mind what it's like to be the the, the new person looking at something and, and just be kind. Uh, I mean, just a totally minor point, but I, I just ask of interest: Do you use um, do groups in your project actually represent folders, or are they just virtual groups and you have just everything in one big folder? Uh, both the the groups the groups represent actual folders on the on the file system as well. Okay, cool. So, a uh, few weeks' time, we're going to get the uh, the annual hardware announcement for, for the phone, and there's rumor of the iPad. Now, obviously, there's there's talk about maybe a different size phone, uh, an iPhone Ten Plus, um, or whatever. Which, but I'm guessing, you know, if we've all been doing our work properly and been using auto layout and size classes and all the rest of it, the introduction of another screen size really shouldn't affect us too much. Um, but I guess there is that one rumor of an, an iPad with a notch. Is that going to cause you some issues? I don't think so because uh, we, as you might imagine, we spend a, there's quite a number of comments about you know being careful when when traveling in through Notchlandia, um, and but we were very careful to not say you know if iPhone we, we made the assumption about about a notch and in real, reality the notch really kind of it's not the notch, as you know, it's, it's a safe area. So I, I would imagine we would be in pretty good shape. Well, that's good. I mean, it's, a, it's I guess when the you know, the safe area was a reasonably late introduction to, to stuff, wasn't it? I can't remember. It, it did arrive before the notch, didn't it? Or did it arrive at the same time? I can't remember. I can't remember exactly. I think it arrived before because, I'm, I'm, because even even on a, on without the notch you still have well no that's not true yeah because then the notch also kind of came at the same time that the home button disappeared so that you really then have to to know that you have that kind of grab handle the, at the at the bottom of the screen um so i don't know it's an interesting trivia but i i only really thought about it in terms of the notch 
So basically, um, you know, it's. I'm thinking it's going to be a reasonably in, unless there is there are features. Obviously, when Apple release I, uh, announce iOS at WWDC in June, uh, they announce major new oh, features that are not dependent on any hardware updates at all. Um, but we often then get uh, features that um, are dependent on hardware updates. So, for example, when Force Touch arrived, um, or was it hapt haptic feedback, whatever it's called, yeah, where you, where you press the screen different weights and it does right. different things. Um, so obviously that only gets announced um, with the hardware, and then of course the OS appears two weeks later, and all the developers are you know trying to decide whether they have to support this stuff from day one or or, or they can leave it. You know, having most developers are up to date with any changes they've need to make from from stuff that was announced in 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 June. We're all fairly used to that cycle now. Um, but I get I'm I'm sort of feeling as is the hardware you know moves on and you know it's 10, 11, 12 years old now. You know the, I just get a sense that this is going to be a nice calm September for most developers. I I don't have this feeling that people are going to be suddenly panicking after these new hardware announcements to to have to do stuff or or, or am I possibly touting famous last words there? I think it'll be great and we'll be able to play these things back in a couple of weeks and say, Scotty, you were so off. Or we'll be able to say, Scotty, you're so lazy and even the lazy person is right, just like a clock is right twice a day. I remember our predictions we were doing in a very early show. It might have been 2010. I don't know. It was a long time ago where I made my dub-dub keynote predictions. And then, you know, us not being people who like to get up early, we went and stood at the back of the queue and went into the overflow room. Now, mm. in the old days, uh, pre-San pre Jose days, Apple were actually pretty bad at getting the queue into DubDub before the keynote started. I mean, if you mm. if you were in the keynote room, you, know, you would be in there before it started. Uh, but if you were in the parts of the queue that hit the overflow rooms, then you could often uh, not get in until after it had started, in a way. And I think uh, this one year, me and you, we got in there probably maybe... 10 minutes uh, 11 minutes or so after the keynote just started and by the time we sat down every single one of my predictions was already wrong <laughs> in 11 minutes record record setting incorrectness <laughs> you know i sat there after sat there thinking afterwards yeah when they did the summary at the end yeah i was i was i could have just stayed outside i've just knew nothing else so yeah my record on this is absolutely terrible so <laughs> So, so there we are. So, okay. So iOS uh, thirteen next year. Yeah. Uh, let, let's get up. Let's get our desire and wish list in early. What would you really like to see? That you know, we you know, assuming that anything that comes up will be hardware related, and therefore we can't really predict it. Um, but we know it's a nice job. Is there anything that you really think that iOS is missing that would make make um, either your personal life or, or or your work stuff with Netflix, you know, uh, just a better thing? Well, I mean, I think that that an affordable phone, because I think that 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 is a big problem. So, I mean, it's great that they that that, that the stock keeps going well and they're still doing well because they have an average sale price that's so high and they have a whole bevy of services. But, you know, the growth is really in 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 places like India and, and China is a whole kind of wild card. I mean, they're, they're doing very well there as, as well. Well, ish. They used to do a, a lot better because they were kind of seen as this luxury 
status symbol, but now kind of there are other brands that are, are either considered, you know, at their high end as chic, or at least because they have innovative hardware that is of, of similar quality, that the, the Apple kind of hardware halo doesn't exist. And, and so then you're left where they're completely behind. And, and it, would, it would kind of suck if all the growth kind of came uh, on Android devices in, in developing markets. Um, so I, I, I hope that they, they come up with something that, you know, doesn't have to be the super top end, but it's not, you know, it's not an iPhone 5C, right? I mean, that's kind of like their, their, their that's what they seem to be proposing. So who knows, something, something that, that has a lot of the, the, the nice features and let's say the, 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 you know, a really good camera and, and you know, and, and reasonable amounts of storage and, and, and space. So that's that thing in terms of software. I, I I don't know. I mean, I think that a lot of the stuff that they did with with it, uh, it's it's interesting seeing with the the kind of parental controls or usage controls and and even what what YouTube does. I saw a blog post about how they've kind of done a lot of stuff where within YouTube, I don't know whether parents are driving it or not, where it kind of says, "Hey, you've been spending this amount of time. Maybe you should go do something else," um, and that. I think we're going to end up seeing a lot more of that. Um, and I'm trying to think what, what that would mean. I mean, I, I think it, it, we're likely to see more and more things that are related to services and less about, you know, hardware and device hard and, and device software and more about services. I mean, the, the, the map stuff, it's like they, they've made a credible effort to move forward to get something going. And if you're in the Bay Area and you're using iOS 12, you're, you're a lot happier. I hope that gets rolled out quickly to the rest of the world. You know all their all their AI and, and machine learning stuff enables a bunch of services, and I think Apple's is woefully behind Google, and they don't necessarily have to be, but you know I, I hope that they can really improve it quickly. Yeah, I mean I think the state of the the software now is such a point that it's going to be very hard to you know, it, it's it's hard to wow us like it was in the past yeah, because exactly. it, it's the, it's yeah. there. I, I mean, and the same with the hardware in a way. I mean, you know, they can make the camera better, but you know. It used to be that we would all go, "Wow, look at the look at how great that image is from the camera." Whereas, yeah, and look at the great slow mo. But really, now it's like we a we're expecting it, so it's less of a surprise. And, and b, you know, most of us don't need a better camera than what we've already got. So it's it's yeah. you know it's uh, if you're and if you're really 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 into photography, then you're probably not going to be using a phone camera because of you know the quality of the glass and whatever else. And I mean, you may just be doing things. So yeah. I mean, there's talk of the SE possibly being replaced. That would be quite nice if that small screen goes at last and we're um, down to maybe something of the iPhone 6 size being the smallest screen around because that mm. would obviously make some UI design easier for people um, in there going forward because I think the SE still supports every OS. So, I mean, it's, you could have to design for that 4-inch screen, which is pretty, you know, makes life a little difficult. So, um, that will be good. But, uh, yeah, so... There we are. Well, look, well, we've got a couple of weeks till that. I, there's been no announcement yet, but the the event is normally around second week of September, isn't it? Often, so yep. so we'd expect it to be maybe announced sometime next week, and then with a the release at the end of. So, if Apple stick with the what they've the rhythm they've got into, it was interesting, wasn't it, that um, Apple uh, stopped doing MacWorld because they their their, their statements were. They didn't want to be forced to release stuff at that, you know, on a fixed time every year. 
Um, now, in fairness, Macworld was January, which meant a lot of people right. at Apple worked the holidays and whatever else to make it work. So it was an absolutely terrible time of the year to to be working. Um, however, you could argue that Apple have just created, um, you know, in some ways, a worse scenario where they have, uh, uh, you know, they have to do it in September. If they don't do September, maybe the stock will crash or whatever. And, um, you know, people now have to work the summer to get stuff ready, which is when they would also like vacation. Um, and equally with DubDub, they, you know, DubDub never used to really announce anything to do with hardware or anything. But for a little while they did because they'd lost Macworld. And, and so now there's an expectation of there's announcements at DubDub and in September. So in some ways, you know, whatever it was, 2012-ish or whatever they said, we're not doing Macworld anymore because we don't want to be, you know, put ourselves on this uh, schedule that we have to keep they've sort of done it to themselves in a way which is quite amusing well the terrible thing is that these poor apple employees have to work they do but i mean they really should just be able to cash in all their stock and go to hawaii pretty much <laughs> maybe not this week or last week though <laughs> uh, this is still a bit stormy there isn't it um cool well there we are. We've um, we've managed to uh, waffle our way through 30 minutes talking about documentation and the way you lay out your projects. How did you think that could happen? I have no <laughs> idea. I'm shocked and surprised. We may be back down to one listener instead of one and a half after that, but we'll see. Uh, <laughs> a shout out to, to, to Georg, who's willing to have come forward, but not even certain whether he was the one listener or the half of one and a half listener. <laughs> he wasn't quite sure where he fit in there. That is true. I did see well, I did see someone on Twitter recommending us as a podcast um, uh, this week, so we could we could be gaining. Um, oh wow! I, I I I'm not sure if the recommendation was I listened to this, you should as well, or whether I listened to, <laughs> I listened to this, will you do it for me now? Um, I'm not sure which way around it was, but we could have a, a, a listener transfer service. Maybe we could do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could do that. We could do like a dating service. Not a dating service, but whatever. Yeah, it's like, who, who's willing to listen this week <laughs> so that the one and a half listeners' See, level is maintained? They say scarcity sells. I wonder if we if we said we're only going to release this podcast to 100 listeners and those who pay the those, <laughs> those who those who pay the highest each week can get the episode. Um, yeah, we'll call, I, we'll, I think we'll, I think we'd have no listeners, to be honest. <laughs> we, we'll have to just call it Kanye or something. Yeah. <laughs> we are well john if people want to um tell you how awesome and amazing you are uh what how should they do that well they should do it on on twitter and they should direct their 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 love towards djembe that's d-j-e-m-b-e like the west african drum and scotty if, if they want to kind of give you suggestions about uh, so that you can come up with with predictions that aren't terrible how might they get those to you? Well, you can get me uh, Scotty on micro.blog or MacDevNet on Twitter. Or, of course, you can speak to both of us by email, that good old-fashioned way of communicating these days, at feedback at iDeveloper.co. Well, John, you were a little bit late. You uh, left me sat here in the office tapping my, tapping my thumbs and having to catch up with some stuff I didn't really want to. But uh, you made it in the end, so thank you. Oh, thanks for throwing me under the bus, too, since otherwise people would have no idea. John, I need to know. I need to let people know how badly you treat me. They think I give you all the hassle, but you you just treat me like dirt. I do, but with love. Okay, lovely dirt then. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> the title. Lovely dirt. Thanks for listening, everyone, uh, whoever you are, and whichever ones of you paid this week. <laughs> Until next time, you take care.